Welcome to Mary Liar Talks, a podcast that discusses mental health and spiritual well-being. Before we jump in, there may be episodes that are particularly sensitive for some listeners. And if that applies, then I hope you'll be able to join me whenever you feel ready and able. In today's episode, I'm with guest Vinnie Garrett, who walked down the aisle for the first time in her late 40s. This is the second part of my conversation with Vinnie, where Vinnie shares her thoughts about romance, dating and marriage. Let's join in the conversation. I'm also going to say something that I, I, I usually say, and it has nothing to do with faith, but I am a strong proponent of finding a mate who's already been married. Mm-hmm. Listen, the most successful marriages that I know in my experience is one who has been married and one who's never been married or two people who have been married before and got remarried. It's so different. No one tells you what it's like to be married. No one tells you about the would-be monotony that can come from being married. You know a person so well, you start to take advantage of them. When that happens, resentment happens. When resentment happens, it's hard to get rid of that. It is so hard. The feelings that come from being like, think about when your best friend hurt you. She knew I wanted that dress and she bought it anyway. That's a small thing. (laughs) I know you're laughing. (laughs) I am. Oh my gosh. This is so true. (laughs) It's so true. But then when it's your mate who causes resentment, I sleep next to this person. I eat all my meals with this person. Now I don't even want to face him. I don't want to see him. I don't even want to be around him. When you start to create, a relationship like that, when you start to have those feelings, it's time for you to regroup and figure out why you came together in the first place. It's time to, hey, listen, I know this isn't your intent, but whenever we la 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 or whenever this happens, it makes me feel this way. And if you don't have that maturity in your relationship for that other person to actually hear what you're saying instead of, well, I don't do that. That's not what I said. When you have that, you're you're going to miss each other. You're going to always miss each other. You have to listen to each other with openness and honesty. And even my husband will say, my first marriage was not like this. My first marriage, we didn't have this level of communication. Right. Hence why you're divorced. But it takes that. It, it really takes that. And please don't ever let some man say, happy wife, happy life. No, because I don't want a puppet. I don't want to just be happy for the sake of being happy because you made it that way. You have shrunk yourself so much that you, it's just about making me happy. Yeah, yeah. No, sir. No, ma'am. You get to equally be as happy as I am. You should be. Yeah, if you yeah. don't, run. <laughs> run for the don't hill. walk. Run. <laughs> it, it, you know what? I'm going to switch it up now. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to ask, um, just for just so that we have a little fun. I'm okay. Ask you some lighthearted questions. And there's no wrong, there's no right. Okay. So you get to choose based on you. So would you say, um, <laughs> there's, there's, a, there's a show I'll call this actually. Um, my, my question is, is love blind? Yes or no? Yeah, you don't see it coming. You shouldn't see it coming. 
I think love is blind. Um, not only do you not see it coming, but some of the times you let things fall by the wayside you wouldn't normally let fall or get away with. Because you're, I think a lot of people misinterpret it infatuation for love. Mm. Um, they, the endorphins or the whatever that gets released into your brain when you are in love, right? Quote unquote. Um, people are always seeking that high and what you should be seeking <laughs> is just a sustainable relationship with ups and downs. <laughs> it can't always be high. It can't. It can't. So that's a yes from you. That's a yes for me. <laughs> and then if you had to pick a film, a movie, which one out of these two would you choose? Would you go with that traditional Bridgerton or okay. would you go with Pretty Woman? So, yeah, out of these two romantic Definitely Pretty Woman. Hands down because it's two people who seemingly have nothing to do with each other, would not possibly meet each other in any other scenario. And you change things about me and I change things about you and we fall in love. That's the quintessential love story. Okay. Which to you is the most romantic book in the Bible? You've got a choice of two. So there's Songs of Solomon. So very raunchy, you know, quite. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Or would you go with the more, let's call it traditional, the Book of Ruth? Um, Quite romantic, very romantic. Um, story. So which of the two would you go with? Songs of Solomon or the Book of Ruth? The Book of Ruth. I've said it before and I'll say it again. It's about sustainability. And as you see, Solomon, that's not sustainable. <laughs> you know what? I actually thought you were going to go with, the, with Songs of Solomon. <laughs> but no. given what you've said now, actually, um, I get what you're saying. Given what you've been saying about that sustainable love. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. All right. I, I love my mo- I love my husband more today than I did yesterday. I did when we first started dating. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, there isn't anything that you can, there's nothing that can come in between us. There's, there's, there's absolutely nothing. And I, and I think that's one, because we put God first sounds cliche, but, mm. but two, um, the relationship agreement, it, we used to use it a lot. It used to be on our refrigerator. We both signed it. Like my husband came with me to therapy when we were talking about getting married and I just wanted to make sure, Hey, listen, are we doing the right thing? Are we moving in the right direction? And he slapped this relationship agreement down and we've been living it ever since. And we don't need it on the refrigerator anymore. Those those boundaries, we don't cross them. Mm. Okay, slight diversion here then. So what's in this relationship agreement? Tell me. Uh, relationship agreement. What does not work? We settle for pretending to agree when we really don't. One or the other gives in but continues to hold a grudge. What does work? We agree because we... We agree because we see the same uh, solution. That's one. Two, I get my way and you fully understand and see that it is the best or most reasonable solution. Three, you get your way and I fully see that is the best or most reasonable solution. Four, we create a new way that we both see as reasonable. 
The other part of this is methods to build and sustain relationships. See where I got the word from? It's right there. Yeah, sustain. <laughs> Be non-judgmental. Um, allow each person to function within their own reason. Don't offer an opinion that is not asked for. Just stay away from the words you should. Oh, really? Okay. Be respectful. Always assume the best about your partner. Be forgiving and be flexible. Okay. Okay. Basically, that's that's the the framework that you use. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It's the framework that I've used for all of my relationships after I got to know this piece of paper. It has transformed my life and how I feel about relationships and marriage. I mean, and the other stuff of being vulnerable and just the independence of it all. Those were initial conversations that I had to understand how they worked in my own life and how I had to like break it down for myself. Because again, I'm an only child. There is no brothers and sisters. There's no one else for me to depend on in my life as a whole. I'm not talking about my mom and she's great. Um, but how I navigate the world and seeing the world is, oh, it's a constant problem that I have to navigate myself. Relationships aren't like that. It's a partnership. Mm -hmm. Do you really have a partnership or are you, or is this person carrying you or are you carrying that person? Sure. Okay. So back to the lighthearted questions. So, um, with your single hat on, so back to those days of your singleness, would you have looked forward to more a blind date or a double date and why? Oh, look forward to more. Oh, that's a good one. Mm. At the height of my singleness, probably a blind date. Okay. Because okay. of the the volatility of it all, like the, I don't know who this person is and I've been set up and who is this person? And yeah, but on a double date, you, it lends itself to you not being able to interact with each other as much because there's another couple involved and, mm -hmm. you know, it's about the four of you and not necessarily about the two of you. Mm -hmm. Um, so the blind date definitely like, why does this person, why would this person think that this other person would be good for me? Oh, I can't wait to meet this person. Yeah, definitely a blind date, but that's a good question. <laughs> and then <laughs> this one is probably a bit of a fun questions. I'm, I'm here for it. Let's do it. So then what would have annoyed you the most on a first date? So picture this, you're dressed up, you know, ready for um, a lovely date. You know, you've done your hair, your makeup, you're dressed to the nines. What would have, and I'm using the words annoyed, um, mm -hmm. likely, could be far worse. What would have annoyed you the most then with that picture in mind? Someone who took you to McDonald's or a similar fast food restaurant mm -hmm. or someone that turned up an hour late with no good excuse do not waste my time do not waste you just that is a trigger you can take me to mcdonald's i don't care if i'm dressed up dressed down whatever because it's about you and me we're gonna have fun it's not about what's in front of us right because i like a happy meal also <laughs> Listen, and there's dessert. I can get an ice cream cone too. Like, yeah. but being late, yeah. 
I will tell you one of the dates that sticks out in my mind the most, Mary, is I, I pulled up to this restaurant and this gentleman said he was not there yet. I said, well, where are you in the restaurant? I'll meet you, blah, blah, blah. I'm not there yet. What do you mean? Okay. Oh, you're on your way. Okay. No problem. Well, I'm not really on my way. I'm just about to leave the house. How far are you away? I'm about 30 minutes. Desperate, desperate times, right? You make mm-hmm. desperate decisions when you are yeah. feeling desperate. Yeah. So what did you do? I left. <laughs> you weren't that desperate, basically. <laughs> no, because if you thought the very best of me, you would have been here, right? It's really simple, simple respect. I'm here on time. In fact, I'm early. I'm often late. Mm. So I'll give you a 15-minute grace period, and which I did. Mm. I called him back. How far are you now? I'm just getting in the car. No, thank you. Enjoy your day. I'm leaving. Mm. No, 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 no. Just wait for me. I'll be there. No, sir. I will not. You wasted my time. You literally wasted my time. If you do that now, what will you do later? Yeah. Yeah. Very true. Very true. People will show you who they are right at the very beginning. You have to pay attention. Mm. So that's your answer. You Mm -hmm. definitely would have preferred someone to take you to McDonald's on your first. Yes. Absolutely. You can take me McDonald's anytime you want. Okay. I love a Big Mac. <laughs> and a Happy Meal. <laughs> and a ha- I love a cheeseburger Happy Meal is my sweet spot. Like when I'm hungry, hungry, I will get that Happy Meal. What? Uh-huh. Yes. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm getting happy. Now I want, now I want a Happy Meal. <laughs> All right. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I had you down that path. Okay. So back to a little bit more serious stuff. Or okay. Still stuff, but real stuff. You know, like um, prior to you getting married, other than the therapy that you went through, because that sounded very helpful, were there any other sources of insight or books or other spiritual practices? Because I know you mentioned about praying that related to singleness that you found particularly helpful during your journey towards marriage. So, were there any other? insights or sources of insights or books that you read or spiritual practices that focused on singleness and helping you prepare towards marriage no there was the only thing that i would say that i was really consistent with back then is a devotional i always had a devotional um in fact uh my mom gave me my very first one and then I always made sure that I had one. And and then on top of that, my dentist, actually, he's Christian. He offers devotionals um, to his patients. Like um, it's a, it's a book. It's a small book. Yeah. It's a small booklet about this big and probably like a hundred or so pages and it's by season. So they come out every season, uh, summer, winter, spring, fall. So whenever I go, Hey, do you have the current ones? Do you have the past ones? Thank you very much. I always make sure I have a devotional somewhere near me in my life that I'm looking at taking notes from. Yeah. Just for those who won't necessarily know what we mean by devotional. It's a booklet. Um, and so at the top, it will have a passage that is the theme of that particular devotional. And so you would read that passage. And then there's a story um, written on that same piece of written on the same page um, that also leads you back to that passage. And then a takeaway is at the bottom. Mm -hmm. So what is God trying to lead you towards? Or 
what has God said to you in your life that you didn't necessarily pay attention to? Like, it's all centered around God. Um, but it's sometimes it's timing. Sometimes it's, are you looking in the right direction for things? Are, are you on the right path? Have you veered off the path? When, when, when in the Bible has someone veered off the path and that would be the devotional, try to stay focused. It, I can't get enough of them. It is, I might start crying. It is crazy how just being so arbitrary with what one I pick, how instrumental it is in my life at that time. Cool. So that was something that helped you during mm-hmm. your singleness. Yes. Also, I'm getting that it's it still helps you now. Cause oh, absolutely. Like to yeah. this day. And then, you know, like during this long period of singleness, yes, I know that you were in and out of relationships during that, that period. Yes. But did any community or support networks, and it doesn't have to be formal, it could just be like your friends, was there any, anything, anyone that, that played a role in helping, helping you to maintain your mental health and spiritual well-being during those, especially during those times of um, singleness? My therapist. Yeah. And I will have to say, like, um, the times when I was like bottoming out and feeling like I was, you know, a little lost and running around in circles with my singleness, he would always credit with me with staying grounded with my faith. Mm -hmm. He, he always would be like, you know, I hear a lot of people, you know, God this, God that, that, and that. He's, but with you, it's more of like you've really incorporated it in to your life like every day like yeah i'll just start talking to god like just start talking why does it have to be so formal why why do i have to say hey god it's me lavinia no he already knows who it is just just start talking just start talking he's like i've never really met anyone like that before and i think that's really helped you Mm. you might have touched on this already um, but what would you say are some of the misconceptions that people can have about singleness and even marriage that you've encountered? Yeah. What would you say could be some typical misconceptions um, about singleness and even marriage? One of them is to say that the other sees their life as so difficult or so easy. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Like as married people, you might think of this person's life as being, if they're single, so simple and nothing is complicated about their life and it just have to do with them. Or the person who is single may be like, oh, how are you have problems? You have this person. It's, it's, it's all so simple, right? Like all of your, so rosy. you've got all these boxes ticked. Yeah. Yeah. Each life comes with its own complexities. And I think as married people, we need to look at the needs of single people and talk to them about, like you're doing, about their journey of singleness. What does that mean to you? How comfortable are you in it? What is your next step? What would you like your next step to be? Because some people are just out here living their best single life and they don't really care about yeah. being in any kind of relationship. Yeah, very true. But at the same point, there are people out here who are married, want to be married, but don't act like they want to be married. They're making decisions that are not very marriage-like or very partnership-like. I always say that my husband is my partner. He's not. He's not my husband. He's he's my partner for the good and the bad. He's my partner. We have built like a house. 
we have built a foundation. And if there is a problem with the foundation, we talk about it. Do we need a plumber? Do we need insect control? Whatever that is, the analogy is still the same. What is it that we actually need? What's wrong with the foundation? What's going on here? Mm-hmm. You're tired. You're frustrated. Okay. Then I just need to leave you alone for a minute and let you have your moment. Yeah. But yeah. that's why we have a separate TV room. That's why there's a TV in every room in this house. Because if I don't want to look at you, I won't look at you. And, and not in that way. Just I need some alone time. I, I would like to look at some shows that don't have anything to do with wrestling or football. If that's okay. (laughs) But you know what? I like what you said about those misconceptions when it comes to singleness and even marriage. Because Mm -hmm. what popped to my mind was how there's that. um, I think there is a misconception when it comes to single people because people tend to think, oh, you've got time. You know, oh, you don't have this or that to deal with. And actually, you can. I do. Very busy, extremely busy. Yes. And there's a lot of complexities that go along with each life and you need to respect that. Exactly. Exactly. So, okay. What (laughs) advice do you have for individuals who are still single and struggling with feelings of loneliness or even societal expectations, you know? Yeah. What advice? What advice would you leave um, individuals? So still single They may be still single in their 30s, still single and in their 40s, maybe still single and in their 50s, whatever age, you know, what advice would you would you like to give them? Be a few things. Um, One, don't look externally, Uh, look internally and really look inside. (laughs) The common denominator in all relationships is you. Mm. What are you bringing to the table or not bringing to the table? Or what trauma are you bringing? What baggage are you bringing? What what behaviors, good and bad, are you bringing to this relationship or the prospect of this relationship? Um, so look internally. Really do some searching of the decisions that you've made and what those decisions have really the long-term ramifications of those. Do you go for the same type of person every single time? Mm-hmm. Have you really thought about the person that you want to be with, right? Like how this person navigates their life. Are they just a good dresser? Are they just a good talker? Are they just, just trying to have fun? Are they a really good human being? Like my friends and I use the term good egg. Do you have a good egg? and really don't look at that well he's a good egg i mean but you know he does live at home with his mom well if he lives at home with his mom that might be okay is his mom living with him or is he living with his mom does he own the house or does she own the house why are we so technical with this anyway maybe i'm living at home because it's just more cost effective maybe i don't have a car because i don't need a car and i can just take the subway or whatever like let me so quick to write someone off, really look inside and why you're writing this person off, right? Like I know me personally, because of therapy, I don't like lazy men. I don't. I don't like lazy men because my father was lazy and it's really big turnoff for me. However, on the flip side of that, I don't want a man who's like my mother either, 
who is really, really, really career driven, staying at home, staying at work all the time, blah, 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 blah. They're, they both have their issues. Look at your decisions. Okay. That's, that's one. It's kind of two things in one. Um, make sure that you know God and talk to him a lot, a lot, a lot. Um, you know, there's people who are not believers, you know, or they're struggling with their belief. He literally just wants you to come see him just like you would to get a haircut, just like you would to go to the doctor. He just wants you to come see him. And it doesn't mean that you have to go to his office. God is everywhere. You don't have to go to church. You don't. He's everywhere. Pull the car over. Talk. I'm struggling, God. I'm really, really struggling. I need a sign. I need, I need, I need you to point me in the right direction. Seek guidance. He knows what you need. And don't buck it when he gives you the answer. Mm. Because as I stated to you before, he was older than me. He's, he's right. Like that in itself. And, and I thought I didn't want a man who was married. Who does that? I want to start all over fresh. I make more money than Carlos. So what? Really think about the person in whom you seeing that you want to be with. Do they really fit you? Like I said, puzzle piece. Do you feel like a puzzle that's fit into the right place? Or do you feel like this is not my corner? Like this isn't where I'm supposed to be. God and internal reflection and look at those decisions that you've made and what decisions you could make differently in the future. I stopped making certain decisions, right? I stopped. I just stopped. I just stopped all of it. I, I level set it. I, I started with me. It's because it can't all be them. It can't. It can't all be them. I'm making the wrong decisions. I love that. So God and that internal reflection and mm-hmm. learning basically from basically learning from the past and realizing how your past has gotten you here like your relationship with your parents or your sister or your brother all of those relationships are are either helping you or not helping you to your best self all of them and on that note Penny I'd like to thank you for being such a fun and transparent Of course. I hope to do this again, maybe. (laughs) Earlier in the conversation, Vinnie and I mentioned briefly the Book of Ruth, which is a story in the Bible of a widowed lady named Ruth who went through a lot with her mother-in-law, Naomi, but was eventually blessed with a husband who was a very eligible bachelor indeed. So read Ruth chapters 1 to 4, but in the meantime, here's a snippet. I'll read Ruth chapter 3, verses 1 to 5, and verses 10 to 12. Then I'll read chapter 4, verse 13. And it reads, One day Naomi said to Ruth, My daughter, it's time that I found a permanent home for you, so that you will be provided for. Boaz is a close relative of ours, and he's been very kind by letting you gather grain with his young women. Tonight he'll be winnowing barley at the threshing floor. Now do as I tell you, take a bath and put on perfume and dress in your nicest clothes. Then go to the threshing floor, but don't let Boaz see you until he's finished eating and drinking. Be sure to notice where he lies down, then go and uncover his feet and lie down there. He will tell you what to do. 
I will do everything you say, Ruth replied. Verse 10 says, The Lord bless you, my daughter, Boaz exclaimed. You are showing even more family loyalty now than you did before, for you have not gone after a younger man, whether rich or poor. Now don't worry about a thing, my daughter. I will do what is necessary, for everyone in town knows you are a virtuous woman. But while it's true that I'm one of your family redeemers, there is another man who is more closely related to you than I am. Chapter 4 verse 13 reads, So Boaz took Ruth into his home and she became his wife. Thank you for listening. Do follow and join me again next time on Mary Lyre Talks Beyond the Smile.